Coming up on Transformers University, in the US, Optimus Prime and Megatron may be gone, but in the UK, they're about to get one heck of a send-off as we dive into an exclusive story arc from the other side of the Atlantic. It's all happening right now on Transformers University. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Transformers University. I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman, behind TFU.info, the website, the Toy Archive, this podcast, the YouTube channel, and oh so much more. And in episode 94, my goodness, we're at episode 94, we are going to head back to the UK and cover Marvel UK's Transformers run from issues 96 to 104. Now, this story takes place between US issues 23 and 24. So if you remember, issue 23 is the Battle Chargers issue where Runabout and Runamuck decide to graffiti the Statue of Liberty. And issue 24 is the Game Over story where we experience the death of Optimus Prime in the US comic. Now, according to our friends over at tfwiki.net, Simon Furman wrote this story knowing what was coming from the U.S. uh, continuity, right? Because it was published months before here and uh, wanted to give Optimus Prime and Megatron one last hurrah. Oddly enough, when you think about it, right, Optimus versus Megatron is kind of a rarity for Transformers comics from this era. Uh, They don't square off that much. Optimus Prime spent most of the early U.S. run uh, as a disembodied head captured by Shockwave. Megatron ended up stuck in gun form and hanging out with mobsters. So they didn't really face off against each other all that much in the U.S. comics, as opposed to, say, the cartoon, where they kind of went head-to-head every episode. So this arc takes place over the course of nine issues. Uh, it's really a 10-part story. Uh, you have issue 100 in the middle, which is kind of a double-sized issue. It's not like a fully double-sized issue, but it, it's close. And we're going to talk all about it on the other side of this. Hey, want to help out this podcast or the website tfu.info? There's a number of ways you can do it. Let me tell you how. You can help us directly by joining our Patreon and enrolling as a student at Transformers University. There, you'll get early access to the podcast as well as exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks for as little as $1 a month. Sign up is quick and easy. Just swing on by to www.patreon.com slash tfuinfo. Another way you can help us is by using our Amazon link, www.tfu.info slash Amazon. Type that into your browser whenever you want to shop at Amazon and a portion of what you spend will be contributed back to us. It's that easy. Finally, you don't become the world's longest running transforming toy archive without some help from other fans. We're always on the hunt for photos of figures and accessories we're missing from our pages. If you'd like to contribute, go to tfu.info slash help for a list of what we need or send an email to info at tfu.info. tfu.info, the alpha trion and omega prime of transforming toys. Now, back to the show. And we're going to start with Marvel UK issue number 96. Story entitled Pray. That's what we pray. No, no. Pray. Oh yeah, we pray. 
No, no. P-R-E-Y, Mr. Hammer. Written by Simon Furman. Art by Will Simpson. <gasps> colors with a U by Stephen White. How have I not noticed that the guy that does colors, his last name, that is the absence of color. Letters by Anne Half a Cree, Half a Scroll. Edits by Ian Rimmer. And the cover here by Jeff Anderson. Man goes into cage, cage goes into salsa, sharks into salsa. And this cover features Optimus Prime being attacked by an unknown assailant. The story starts out with Optimus reviewing recent battles of the Autobots, and he's disheartened by the Autobots' inability to lead without him. We see what happened with the Battle Chargers, we see a lot of what happened in the Target 2006 story arc, and Optimus believes they shouldn't have teamed up with Megatron in order to defeat Galvatron, and he believes that he needs to sacrifice himself to destroy the space bridge. He sees the space bridge as a direct threat to the Autobots, but he fears for what the Autobots would do without him. So he concocts a plan. Uh, We cut to uh, Wyoming, where the Decepticons are, and uh, Megatron is busy beating up Motormaster. Uh, Cyber Farmer does a good job here of casting Megatron as being paranoid, which is something we're going to need him to be when they resume the U.S. storyline for issue 25. Soundwave uh, suggests Megatron uh, should bring in hunters to flush out Optimus Prime, and those hunters are the Predacons. Shockwave is uh, spying and sees this as a move that will help him eliminate Megatron. We cut back to Optimus Prime, and his plan is to go on a recon mission alone. Uh, He has filled in Wheeljack uh, to his plan, and Wheeljack has loaded a surprise in Optimus Prime's trailer. Uh, What the bigger plan is, we're not privy to just yet. Now, the Predacons are brought in uh, early comparatively to uh, their appearance in issue U.S. issue 25. So there, there's some continuity things that are going to have to be ironed out before the end of this whole story arc. Uh, the Predacons are brought in. Optimus Prime uh, is en route in his recon mission, uh, and he is spied on by Laserbeak. Uh, Shockwave cuts a side deal with Razorclaw. And uh, Optimus, while he's driving to his location uh, to set up his plan to trick his fellow Autobots, uh, is fired upon early. Uh, He transforms, he loses his gun, and he's surrounded by Megatron and the Predacons. And so this sets up the next issue, which is Marvel UK 97, Prey. prey. No, not that one. Part 2. This story, once again, written by Simon Furman. Art this time by Jeff Anderson. Letters by Annie Half a Cree, Half a Skrull. Colors with a U by Steve White, The Absence of Color. Edits by Ian Rimmer. And a cover here by Jeff Sr., which features the Predacons uh, in their beast modes. We also see a price increase on the cover of this issue from 30 pence to 32 pence. Uh, and there's also the U.S. cover uh, on the price, US and, U.S. and Canada. I didn't know these were available stateside uh, as a kid or even really going into this podcast. Uh, So that's pretty cool. And the story starts with a time jump forward. Uh, It's a nice touch by Furman and something he's going to use a lot over the issues we're covering today. 
Uh, Optimus Prime has lost his weapon. He's lost his communicator, and the Predacons are hunting him. Uh, there's a lot of action in this story, which is really nice. Uh, Prime fights the Predacons. He fights Predaking. And he's waiting on Wheeljack to enact his plan to bring the Autobots to this location. So he's basically waiting for backup that doesn't know it's backup. Uh, he fights his way back to his own trailer, which is also a nice touch that Optimus's trailer sits somewhere when he's in robot mode. Uh, it actually was just left where he crashed at the end of the last issue. Uh, and reveals that inside of the trailer is a replica of his body. It is a decoy meant to be destroyed as a lesson for his troops to figure out how to cope with his eventual death that he foresees happening sometime in the near future. As he does this, as he gets back to the trailer, he is ambushed by Megatron. Uh, the Autobots, they find a prime body in parts on the ground. Is it him? Is it his decoy? We don't know. <laughs> and that's where the story ends. Um, there's also a uh, Robo Capers in this issue that uh, I feel like uh, would be fun to talk about. Robo Capers doesn't always do directly related Transformers things, but this is another one of those uh, Transformers that didn't make the grade. And we have a uh, bunch of fun ones with fun names that could easily be bot bots if they aren't already we have tracks with an x d-r-a-x as the autobot train uh, we have chiller an autobot refrigerator we have john if you haven't figured out what he is he is a decepticon toilet um not the place <laughs> i would ever want to encounter a decepticon and we also have cold top who is an autobot milk float now, what the heck is a milk float? Yeah, I had to look it up too. A uh, milk float is a truck that transports milk uh, that was used, uh, I guess, in the UK and in Europe. Uh, it's kind of a cross between like a flatbed and a box truck. If you pictured like a, a box truck, like a UPS truck or a U-Haul, um, but without the sides on the box uh, and milk in... Uh, you know, cartons uh, and crates in in the middle. Uh, that's kind of what you get. Um, they were electric vehicles, and they had a top speed of 16 miles an hour. Now, at a full 16 miles an hour, we will head on over to Marvel UK number 98, entitled The Harder They Die. Written by Simon Furman, art by Jeff Sr., Letters by Anne Halfacree, Half a Skrull. Colors with a U by Stephen White, The Absence of Color. Edits by Ian Rimmer, and a cover here by Phil Gascoigne. Now, this one features Megatron uh, on a destroyed Cybertron saying, Home, sweet home. Now, we jump forward in time once again. We're on Cybertron, and a Decepticon is about to kill Outback, the Autobot minibot. Uh, Optimus grabs this Decepticon, throws him, turns out he accidentally impales him, and uh, kills him. Uh, on Earth, the Autobots are picking up the pieces of Prime. Uh, clearly, it is the decoy, and they think he is dead. Prime and Outback part ways uh, on Cybertron, and we see Outback's Cybertronian mode. And this is just another great touch in uh, one of these stories, because that's one we never saw in the cartoon. It's one we definitely didn't see uh, early on in any of the comics, because Outback is a 1986 character. Uh, 
Uh, so it's neat seeing uh, another Cybertronian mode, uh, certainly one that could always be done in toy form, and then you kind of sneak a brawn out of that too, right? Uh, also on Cybertron, Megatron is at Darkmount talking with Straxus. Turns out Straxus is not dead. He is just a head inside of kind of like a, a tube or like, I don't know, like an aquarium. <laughs> he's in he's in some sort of liquid floating around. Think think Futurama, but but bigger. Uh, Megatron recounts the end of his fight with Optimus. It turns out the Predacons turned on Megatron instead of trying to kill Optimus Prime. Megatron blew up the decoy, and Prime and Megatrons fought at the space bridge, and Prime threw himself through with Megatron in hopes of exploding. Uh, the space bridge in kind of a uh, sacrificial way. Elsewhere on Cybertron, Optimus Prime returns to a ruined Iacon. What we also find out from Megatron is that he sent out a message to stir up a rumor that Optimus Prime running around Cybertron right now is a Decepticon imposter. We then find Optimus Prime Returning to Iacom, where he gets attacked, disarmed, and arrested by a Guardian and the Wreckers. And that'll take us to Marvel UK number 99, entitled Under Fire, written once again by Simon Furman, art by Jeff Anderson, letters by Anne Hafakree, Half a Scroll, colors with a U by Stephen White, The Absence of Color, edits by Ian Rimmer, and cover by lee sullivan this one features optimus prime facing an autobot firing squad with ultra magnus offering one last request and he's holding a sword <laughs> which is really weird it's also in the beginning of the comic and uh the sword is really never seen again it's never been included with with any of his figures it's an odd odd touch and this issue starts with outback racing towards iacon uh, we hear his inner monologue about cheating death that he's basically lived this life of expecting to die and cheating death constantly and outback interrupts uh, a firing squad which is uh, the wreckers about to fire on optimus prime and this is where we see ultra magnus and his sword uh outback plants a device on optimus prime which releases his electronic cuffs he then throws a smoke bomb at the Wreckers, and he and Optimus Prime escape. This is spied upon uh, by Ratbat. He sees Optimus and Outback fleeing, and Optimus is actually in his vehicle mode without his trailer. Ultra Magnus, not happy that this Decepticon imposter that he believes is not Optimus Prime, got away. Springer offers to take the Wreckers after him. Ultra Magnus decides, nope, he's going to do it himself with three guardian robots he tells springer to wait 20 breams for coming after him now if you remember your transformer time scale one bream is equal to 8.3 minutes that means 20 breams is equal to 166 minutes which is two hours and 46 minutes so ultra magnus has two hours 46 minutes to get the Optimus imposter, as he believes, apprehended. At Polyhex, did I say Darkmount before? If I No, I did, but I guess I meant Polyhex. At Polyhex, Megatron is informed by Ratbat in his first UK appearance in this book uh, about Optimus and Outback's escape. Megatron leaks some more info 
uh, to his Decepticons uh, about hunting the failed decoy. This way, everyone is now after Optimus Prime. We head back to Ultra Magnus, who's been thinking things through. Uh, maybe he's wrong. He's not entirely sure. Just then, the Guardian robots that he brought with him attack Optimus Prime and Outback. Outback kills one, but gets severely damaged by the other. Optimus defeats the others and realizes Outback is dying. And with a dying Outback in his arms, vows to save him. And that is the end of issue 99. But that takes us to a huge issue 100 called Distant Thunder. Written by Simon Furman. Pencils by Will Simpson. Come on, Lisa! Monkeys! Inks by Tim Perkins. Letters by Anne Halfacree, Half a Scroll. Colors with a U by Stephen White. The Absence of Color. Edits by Ian Rimmer. And cover, and this is a nice one. This one is a wraparound cover by Alan Davis. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, Alan Davis was an artist on uh, the UK comic book Captain Britain with Alan Moore. He moved from Marvel to DC to draw detective comics in 1986, and then moved back to Marvel US and worked with uh, Chris Claremont on his run on the X-Men. With Claremont, he co-created Excalibur, the Marvel Mutant team set up in the UK and was the artist on most of that series. Another interesting note about this cover, the signature on the cover features Alan Davis and his son, Thomas Davis. And Thomas was a child at the time, so a lot of this must have been inspired by his son. There's a big Autobot and Decepticon battle scene on the cover. It's uh, It's beautiful. Lots of 84 and 85 Autobots just duking it out. Uh, there are, are There is Headstrong on here, so at least one Predacon made it. You have Brawn body-slamming Soundwave. You got Megatron Optimus fighting on the front cover. You got Jazz taking a punch to the face from an unknown fist. Uh, Bumblebee on the ground. Trailbreaker punching out Ramjet. Wheeljack fighting Thrust, which you can only tell because you see Thrust's leg otherwise it looks like wheeljack is doing some sort of gorilla pounding on his chest like the bushwhackers <laughs> from wrestling uh, it's got prowl it's got ravage it's got two laser beaks uh be, one of those must have been buzzsaw uh just miscolored but it does have two laser beaks on the cover uh it is just overall a pretty pretty sweet cover so i would say google it transformers uk 100 you'll find it pretty quickly uh, and I, of course, will probably use some of this cover as uh, the thumbnail for this episode. Now, once again, the story starts with a jump ahead in time. Optimus Prime has gotten out back to the area known as the Dead End, which is kind of like uh, the skid row of Cybertron. Outback is dying, and Optimus tells him a story to give him hope. This story is where we find out where Optimus, Prowl, and Ratchet ended up when they disappeared during Target 2006. Uh, they're in an alternate dimension fighting these ape-like creatures with like bionic parts, and Optimus orders his fellow Autobots to not use their weapons. They will fight them off, but they are not willing to kill or injure these ape-like creatures. Just then, Shockwave, Thundercracker, and Frenzy, the blue one, arrive. Uh, they also all disappeared during Target 2006, and they just start killing everything. Um, Optimus is not happy about this. Uh, he has a shouting match with Shockwave, and Shockwave offers him an alliance 
to return to Earth. And this is where Optimus gives us some exposition. The Autobots are fighting a race called the Chloran uh, against invaders led by a fellow by the name of Zanag. Zanag offers a way home via device, uh, but he wants the Autobots to kill the Chloran. And of course, Optimus, valuing life, refuses. Shockwave, being the logical madman he is, says, this, that's stupid, and he goes and cuts a deal with Zanag. Uh, the Decepticons then attack the Autobots, and Optimus, he kind of knew this was coming, and the Autobots were prepared. They defeat the Decepticons, and Optimus realizes what is going on. He realizes everything they're, they're viewing, uh, the Chloran, Zanag as the uh, maniacal despot, uh, this is all an allegory for their own war. Zanag threatens Optimus Prime, but Optimus refuses to fight him. Zanag attacks Optimus Prime, damages his size, but Optimus still chooses not to fight. Zanag goes for the killing blow, and his blow goes right through Optimus Prime. He disappears, and the Autobots and Decepticons are now somewhere floating in space like this. Uh, turns out they have these parasites on them, uh, and these parasites are feeding on their emotions. But we find out that Optimus Prime is actually damaged and the interesting thing here is because he has this wound in his side uh that he sustained in this story that eventually gets treated in uk issue uh 89 uh after target 2006 which is us issue 21 um but this is also the injury and the same spot he got damaged in us issue uh, 19, but because there's that gap in the story, he was repaired in the UK and then gets damaged again. Uh, whereas in the US story, uh, the repair in issue 19, well, the damage in issue 19 that is repaired in 21 uh, happens shortly thereafter. Uh, so just a neat little touch here by Furman to make sure that Optimus has the same amount of damage uh, coming into when he left in Target 2006. Uh, into this flashback story told in issue 100. Now, back at the current time on Cybertron, the Wreckers arrive, and Optimus surrenders, but asks them to save Outback. Ultra Magnus also shows up with Emirates Zaron, and Zaron confirms Optimus Prime's identity. And that is the end of this book, and there's also a contest in the back uh, for Alan Davis's cover, uh, which is something we'll see again in the U.S. book later on, but I, I like that. It's a, it was a mailing contest. Uh, there was uh, over 100 Transformers toys to be won. Five grand prize winners would re win both a Rodimus Prime figure and a Rekgar figure, and the other 95 would win an Autobot mini vehicle. All you had to do was rattle off a list of everyone that was on the cover, um, According to the, the silhouette part of the contest, there were only 14 characters on the cover. It turned out there was 17 characters on the cover. And uh, some kids even made sure to write in the extra characters. Moving on to Marvel UK number 101. Story entitled Fallen Angel Part 1. Written by 
Simon Furman, art by Jeff Senior, letters by Annie Halfcree, Half a Scroll, colors with a U by Stephen White, the absence of color, edits by Ian Rimmer, cover by Lee Sullivan, and this cover features uh, Galvatron and his face, uh, basically just a good close-up of him, uh, with the word bubble, I'm back and I'm mad. And that's a nice play on words. Is he angry or is he crazy? Well, we'll find out soon enough. On Earth, Skids leans uh, the new Autobots that have uh, made it to Earth towards the Ark after their rat problem. Uh, Perceptor, Blaster, Cosmos, Beachcomber, Sea Spray, Power Glide, and Warpath are with Skids until Skids suddenly disappears. Elsewhere... Centurion, you remember him, he finds Galvatron, and Galvatron quickly destroys Centurion. Galvatron actually thought Centurion was Rodimus Prime, and then comes to his senses. He recounts the activity before his time jump, which is actually just after Transformers, the movie when Rodimus Prime threw him out of Unicron. Galvatron walks away, and someone finds Centurion's head. Galvatron, however, finds the Autobots and attacks. The, Decep- three, two. Uh, the Decepticons on Earth, Shockwave and company, uh, overhear the battle and make their way towards it. Galvatron is just too strong for the Autobots, but the Dinobots are here to take him on. And that wraps up 101 and takes us to 102. Fallen Angel Part 2. This one features writing by Simon Furman, art by Jeff Anderson, colors with a U by Stephen White, The Absence of Color, letters by Annie Hafakree, edits by Ian Rimmer, and the cover here is by Jeff Sr. and features Galvatron on fire with... Uh, a couple of Dinobots and some more word balloons explaining that Galvatron is insane and that they need to stop him. And the story starts just like that. Dinobot fights the Galvatron uh, with the help of Blaster. Blaster's Electro Scrambler makes Galvatron more insane. Uh, And the fight continues. The Dinobots are good, but they're not good enough. Then Swoop is contacted by Professor Morris, the human controlling Centurion. Uh, He still shares a psychic link with Swoop, which goes away back to one of the early UK stories we covered uh, where Professor Morris had taken over Swoop's body. He convinces Swoop to let him take over once again because he wants revenge for the destruction of Centurion. Swoop attacks Galvatron, and just then, the Decepticons join the attack. Galvatron flees, and Shockwave leaves, knowing Galvatron will return and will want revenge on the Dinobots first. And that is Fallen Angel Part 2 in a nutshell. It's a, it's an interesting story. I like the ties back to Professor Morris. It does give us a little break from Optimus and Megatron before we head back to them uh, in the next couple of issues. And it, it starts to tie up some loose ends of missing Autobots from previous U.S. and U.K. stories. Now, issue 103 Resurrection Part 1 Written by Simon Furman Art by Will Simpson Letters by Annie Hefecree Hefescrull 
Colors with a U by Stephen White. The Absence of Color edits by Ian Rimmer. And cover here by Martin Griffiths and Robin Boutel. Now Griffiths, we last saw him back in the 1986 annual with the story The Gift. That is the one where Jetfire uh, is part of a new generation of Earthborn Transformers. That's one where we got emo Jetfire. Uh, Boutel uh, recolored uh, the Aerial Bots Over America cover for the UK, and I don't think we've really talked much about Robin Boutel. He worked for Marvel for about 20 years and now paints portraits of cats dressed up as royalty. No, 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 really. Look it up. This cover features Prime and Ultra Magnus fighting side by side amid flames. And it opens with Octane unreliably narrating an Autobot attack on a Decepticon fueling station. And this attack is Optimus Prime and Ultra Magnus alongside the Wreckers. And I love this technique of using Octane to narrate and have his story be very unreliable. Uh, basically, the art contradicts so much of what is in the text. Uh, and uh, this is just, this is a good comic book technique. One uh, current writers should really take a look at when doing any comics, really, but uh, particularly Transformers comics. It gives the characters so much more personality, so much more life uh, than just writing the story straight on. And of course, Straxus doesn't believe him, but he also doesn't care. He has this new device installed on his aquarium case thing, and uh, he wants to just make sure it is working. Over at Iacon, the Autobots celebrate. But Prime, he's cautioning his fellow Autobots. And in the crowd, it's kind of cool. Tailgate is in the crowd. It's his first uh, comic appearance. And Ultra Magnus, Optimus, and Zaron then hatch a plan to kill Megatron. On Earth, at the Ark, Blaster and company arrive and warn of Galvatron. A Polyhex, Megatron confronts Straxus. Straxus. Remember that device he had installed on top of that aquarium thing? He fires it at Megatron. It implants his brain into Megatron's body. Together, they sing a little bit of Corey Hart. No, really, that, <laughs> they were totally singing Corey Hart. Take a look at the screen grab. I'll post it on Twitter at TFU underscore info. Megatron, though, survives the attack, reaches into the tank, and crushes Straxus's head. But Straxus is still alive inside of Megatron. And this is going to lead to all sorts of weird continuity things later on, I think. And speaking of continuity things, that's going to take us to Marvel UK issue number 104, Resurrection Part 2, the final issue we will be covering in this episode of Transformers University. Written by Simon Furman, art by Jeff Anderson, letters by Annie, half a Cree, half a Skrull, Colors with a U by Stephen White, The Absence of Color, and edits by Ian Rimmer. Cover by Jeff Sr. Features Optimus and Ultra Magnus cornering Megatron. And it kicks off with a splash page of Optimus Prime's funeral and grave. Ratchet gives a eulogy and blaster comments about burial and how it's an Earth tradition and that Cybertronians really prefer to be blasted into space it's a nice touch because optimus's body when he dies in issue 24 eventually gets blasted into space 
uh, the the headstone's kind of cool looking. I'll do a screen grab of that too at tfu underscore info on Twitter. And overall, it's it's interesting to see a funeral that is different from the funeral presented in the U.S. books. On Cybertron, Optimus sends the wreckers out as a diversion. Uh, and in Polyhex, Megatron with Straxus in his brain, uh, they fight for control of his body. Uh, it's a great way also for Simon Furman to do a recap of what happened last issue. One of the things the UK books does is there's usually one page in every issue dedicated to just kind of doing a recap exposition of the previous issue or two, or like kind of catch the reader up if it's their first time. Uh, It's a nice touch. And Simon Furman is really good at doing it where it doesn't interfere too much with the read. Um, you know, they only have 11 pages to work with in each issue. So doing that recap once every 11 pages, like if it was written for a trade, right, that would be really annoying. But if you realize they go week to week and they have to do this to catch up the reader, uh, if it's their first issue, uh, he is very adept at doing it quickly and getting it out of the way. Now, while Megatron and Straxus are having this mental battle, Ratbat sees this and believes Megatron is losing it. As Megatron wanders around Polyhex, he runs into Optimus Prime and Ultra Magnus. Ultra Magnus opens up a can of whoop-ass on Megatron. There's really no other way to put it. He beats the crap out of him. And Optimus about to kill Megatron for the greater good. But Megatron taps into his black hole energy. This is something that's in his tech spec, that he can tap into a black hole to power his fusion cannon. And continues to fight back. And it's something we don't really see that often. But it was pretty cool and really well done here. As the fight continues. Ratbat has Octane open the space bridge. Near them. And with all the black hole energy going on. There's a big explosion. Also just then. The Predacons. Return to Cybertron via the space bridge. I guess that's kind of like before the explosion. I don't know. Maybe my notes might be a little off here. But I guess. Um, it's kind of weird how, like, it all happens at the same time. Megatron is back in Wyoming. He can't remember anything of what happened. He can't remember the Predacons betraying him. He can't even remember the Predacons. And, uh, doesn't remember anything that happened before going after the Autobots. So he doesn't remember Shockwave betraying him. And this kind of perfectly resets the story to set up issues 24 and 25 from the U.S. continuity as the next batch of stories in the U.K. continuity. Optimus returns to the Ark. He's impressed by his headstone and and what the Autobots have done for him. And we also find out that Ultra Magnus is now on Earth, blown through the space bridge uh, during the battle. You know, and a couple of thoughts here about this arc overall, this storyline overall, and these uh, nine issues overall. Uh, First off, the ending uh, with Ultra Magnus being on Earth and Galvatron being on Earth. This sets us up very nicely to have them play around on planet Earth when the UK wants to do other stories in between the US stories. The other thing I wanted to talk about is the writing of Optimus Prime here. Now, I think Simon Furman has and probably still does write the best Optimus Prime out of anyone. Uh, I've been very vocal in terms of uh, I don't like how John Barber 
wrote Optimus Prime for the most part, and I love how he wrote a whole bunch of other characters, but Optimus Prime is probably his biggest weakness. The current Netflix series for War for Cybertron Siege, I don't like how Optimus was written there. Um, Even Transformers the movie, for the most part, I mean, Optimus plays such a small role in the grand scheme of the film. Uh, He's only in it, right, for the first 15 minutes, and most of that he's fighting. I don't think, you know, that on its own encapsulates a well-written Optimus Prime. The cartoon Optimus Prime seems to be overall fairly well-written. He has a fairly good sense of what he is. Furman probably is the best comic writer to put that to the page and expand on that. Because while Optimus in Furman's writings has his doubts about his team, about his leadership... He never doubts in the fact that he must protect life at all costs. He must. He never doubts in the fact that um, his life is smaller than the lives around him. Uh, that he is uh, willing to give it all to save one. And Furman nails that here. He nails it with 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 Prime. Uh, not knowing if his team has a leader better than him. Like he always believes he's still confident in his leadership, right? Um, he does this with prime saving Outback. That Outback's life means more than his, that he will not just try to save his life by bringing him somewhere. Uh, one to be safe two that he's willing to turn himself in to the wreckers to save his life. Uh, but also in between Telling him a story to keep his spirits up. He also tells him a story about how he's protecting life in an alt-universe that doesn't actually exist because he was being fed on by a brain parasite. You know, as I'm recording this episode, it's, it's you know, September of 2020 that I'm recording this. It'll probably be in your ears in October of 2020. Uh, I don't know if there's anyone out there right now writing Optimus Prime as well as Simon Furman, including Simon Furman, who's currently writing a series where I don't like how he's writing Optimus Prime. I don't think there's anyone who's written Optimus Prime as well as Simon Furman had back then. Now, I could be wrong. You could have some ideas or disagreements with what I'm thinking, and I want to hear from you. So, Leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, if you're listening to the podcast, please hit me up on social media at TFU underscore info on Twitter or anywhere else that you find TFU.info online. Uh, Twitter's usually the best way to get in touch with me. And for more on just how to get in touch with me and the show and ways to help, give this a quick listen and then we'll talk about what's coming up in episode 95. Thanks for listening to the show. Stick around to hear what's coming up next episode. But first, I want to fill you in on a few ways you can stay in touch with the show. Want to be on the show? Leave us a voicemail at 702-763-4838. That's 702-POD-4TFU. Or send an email to info at tfu.info. Be sure to catch us on Twitter at TFU underscore info and on Facebook and Instagram under the username TFU info, all one word. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TFU info, where we post all of our podcasts, plus special video segments, reviews, and live coverage of 
Transformers-related events such as New York Toy Fair and New York Comic Con. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit us at www.tfu.info, the world's longest-running transforming toy archive. And yes, that wraps up episode 94 of Transformers University. Next time on the show, we're going to dive back into the 1987 toy line. We did the Autobots. Now let's do the Decepticons. We'll check out the 1987 North American Transformers toy line, the Decepticon side. All of your favorite evil robots from the planet Cybertron and even the planet Nebulos next time around on the show. Until then, I am your host, Anthony Brucalli, owner, operator, madman behind TFU.info. Till next time. See ya.